How do you go on after losing all of your children and the traditional methods of healing don't work? We found alternate methods of healing that saved us and led us on a path to help others. Join us as we talk about that. So in 1999, we lost both of our children in a car accident with a drunk driver. We tried to take the traditional routes of dealing with grief and loss. We were told, you know, you need to see counselors. So we started that process. Uh, we, the accident happened in um, the Madison, Wisconsin area, so it's a very large town. And unfortunately, we were on the media. We were on newspapers. We were on TV. We were on the radio. So there was a lot of attention about it from a media standpoint. So as we went to a counselor and started to you know, talk to them on our first meeting about why we were there, they immediately knew who we were. And so we ended up having to retell our story um, and why we were there every time we saw a counselor. It was like ripping a bandage off every single time, something that was so painful but they wanted to know what had happened to us because again, we were in the news. But yet, I walked away more exhausted and more drained from it. I didn't feel that I was helped at all. And then the irony was we even probably spent $200 on that visit and we didn't get anything from it. So every time we thought about going back or seeing another counselor, I was just like, I just can't do this. This is so painful. I can't just scream in a pillow mm -hmm. and get rid of the pain and the angst and the anguish from losing my two children. And one of the counselors says, well, I can, I can relate to your loss because I had a divorce and another one wanted to teach Beth how to scream into a pillow and it and just- punch a pillow. And punch a pillow and it just, I think we went through five or six of them and then and we had one visit and we never went back to any of them and so finally a friend of ours uh, suggested that she had mentioned that she was just starting some shamanic training and there was a seminar coming up for the weekend in Utah for some personal healing and she suggested that we try that and we thought why not you know we yeah. haven't nothing else has worked so we went out to Utah for a weekend seminar and the basic concept of this seminar was it was going to be using uh, shamanic techniques to go through personal healing and you were supposed to work with other people in the class. And so the accident happened in July and this was now November uh, of the same year. And so I went and talked to the instructor and told him what had happened to us and he said, well, how long ago was that? I said, well, it was just this last July. And he said, okay. He said, um, you're not going to work with each other. He said, I will work with Beth and my assistant will work with you. And then he asked if he could use Beth for a demonstration for one of the healing techniques. And I was like, please heal me. <laughs> I need help. And so um, from my standpoint, it was interesting watching it because... You know, Beth was laying there and he was doing the healing technique and you could see Beth just shake and you could see her jerk. Well, we were hit at 80 miles an hour by mm -hmm. this drunk driver and I feel like that impact, and we are all our energy so that even that energy from that cars, our cars being smashed into each other, I believe that 80 mile an hour impact was still stuff I was releasing, let alone the, the devastation of losing two children. Right. And that was all our children. We had two children, we lost them all. 
in that accident. And so after that healing was done, he mentioned to us that he wanted to um, talk to us after the seminar was done. And we said, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. And so we met with him afterwards, and he said, I want to let you know that um, your children came to me during the seminar, or during the healing. And he said, it, they are not little children. They didn't present themselves to me that way. They presented themselves to me as very tall, very powerful spirits, seven, eight foot tall. They have been around for a long time. They're very old and very powerful. And he looked at me and he said, you were knocked out during the accident, weren't you? And I said, yes, but we hadn't told him any of the details of the accident, so there's no way he could know that. He said, well, the reason why you are knocked unconscious is that you've been a shaman in many lifetimes before, and you knew that path after death. You knew how to help people cross over. So you had to be unconscious to help your children make that journey across to the other side. Your children told me you need to be a shaman again. You need to start healing. And we figured out later on, not at this point, but it took a little while yet, we figured out later on that the reason why Beth had to be conscious and I had to be unconscious was she needed to be available and awake to see that anything and everything that was presented to her or that she wanted at that accident site was made available to her. Right. I wanted to make sure my kids weren't crying out for me right. and needing me and then I wouldn't be there. Right. And we'll have another video that talks about yeah. all that. But um, So we each were what we each did what we were supposed to do at that site. And so he invited us to um, take a, a trip with him, an expedition with him that he was having uh, down to Peru in the Chile area for the turn of the century, because this was 1999 that the accident happened. And for those of you that remember, that was a big deal. Y2K was coming, it was the turn of the century, the computers were gonna crash and the world was gonna end. And for us, the world had already ended. Mm -hmm. And so we thought, what better place to be than in a third world country if all the computers are going to stop when most of these people don't deal with computers anyways. So we went with him and it was a group of you know, 15 or 20 people and the thing that we immediately became engaged with was the fact that they were speaking a language we wanted to learn. It was a language of spirituality and words we had never heard of. In 1999, <laughs> did I ever hear that um, I had thought my kids were dead. People were telling us our kids were gone, right. bur buried in the ground. So the minute we started hearing that our kids were energy and our kids were spirits and there's a spirit world, I'm like, I'm going there. I want to learn more about this. And so for us, it was that's what we really loved about is being with those people beginning to learn and understand spirituality we spent time in sacred sites down in peru um, we were in machu picchu we went to the nazca lines we went to several other uh, places in peru and did ceremonies with uh, native shamans down there and a couple of the experiences that we had were pretty important the first one that we want to talk about is we did a ceremony uh, on the Nazca Lines. Uh, it's, it's the desert in the middle of the night. And the Nazca Lines, um, you can look those up, but they are um, carvings and drawings that have been made into the desert floor that nobody knows who made them or why, and they're just huge carvings. Some of them are over six or 700 feet big, and you can't see them from the ground. You have to see them from the air. One of the carvings was a spiral, and it's a spiral that turned inwards, 
came in and once it got to the center it made a turn and then came back out again and the concept behind that ceremony was as you were walking in you were leaving behind your past you were leaving behind those traumas those energies that were affecting you and when you got to the center and made the turn and began to walk out you were stepping into your destiny this ceremony took place in the middle of the night in the desert and when I walked into the spiral I had blonde hair and when I walked out my hair had turned white yeah many of us were commenting we're like uh, the moon was out and so we could see the moon shining on Rick's head and and so um, yes we have pictures of him being in Peru with a shaman taking his mesa and clearing the energies off of Rick and he's definitely has blonde hair and by the end of the trip it was white so that was kind of one of the un unbelievable experiences we had the other one another one that we had was uh, relating to some homework that Beth had from the healing in Utah. <laughs> yes. Alberto said to me, my homework was to find beauty. And after losing my two children, I was like, I am never finding beauty again. Mm -hmm. How? How? It, my world was torn upside down. I didn't even want to live, you know. And so that was my homework. Mm -hmm. And one of the days that we were down there, we went to visit a nature reserve. It was a group of islands that were you couldn't set foot on. The only way that you could even see them was by boat, and they were in the ocean. And so it was a bright blue, you know, sunny day, and we're in the ocean, and the waves are bringing us up and down, and we're looking at these islands that are full of walruses and seals and penguins and sea lions and birds. And all of a sudden, next to me, I hear. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> and I looked at her. And yeah. She's like, dang it. <laughs> he was right. You know. And so, but I got check off my homework. Yep, she mm -hmm. got her homework finished. But it was just the impact. You just were there and just became part of the beauty and the energy that was there. So that was that was really touching for us. The last experience that we want to relate about our trip was really New Year's Eve. Um, we were in a place where it was a hotel we were staying in for that night, and there was a you know a banquet or a ceremony celebration for it being the turn of the century. And, and the world did not end. No, and that oh, mm -hmm. world didn't end the next day. <laughs> um, but for us. You know, everybody was partying and laughing and having a good time. And for us, it was just, we didn't fit. We just mm -hmm. felt so broken. Well, our lost. world had crashed and yeah. ended. So, you know, it just, it was very difficult to be there and be right. part of the party and being happy. We weren't happy. And so we, we left. And, you know, with it being a third world country, they didn't have a lot of lights like you would normally have in an area and this this setup was the um, places we were staying in weren't attached to the banquet hall so we had to walk a little ways to get back to where we were staying for the night and it was dark and black and it was just you couldn't see much and it just kind of fit the way we felt everything mm -hmm. was dark and black and it just we were broken at that point and trying to figure out how to move on in this 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 was part of our path, the spiritual path. And so we came back from the trip and, and we had decided that we would continue the process of this, of this teaching, of learning how to heal ourselves, these shamanic techniques. And 
there was uh, the next class that we were supposed to go to was in February in California. It was being held at a uh, Indian, uh, sacred Indian ground. There was a reserve on there. And the premise of the class was not only doing your personal healing, but you were also learning healing techniques. You were learning how to heal others. Um, at that point, that wasn't our focus. Our focus was just learning how to survive and heal. And so it was, we were staying in one of the larger cabins uh, for the classes, and it was late at night, and Beth and I were next to each other, and we were just kind of had our hands out, practicing sensing energies on the person that was on the ground. For me, all of a sudden, I just felt this rush of energy, and I pulled my hands back. Well, and as we were facing, um, we're you know, kneeling on the ground, and we're sensing the energies, there was a wall that we were facing, and there was a window on that wall. And I noticed a bright flash of lightning go through the, you know, outside. Just notice that big lightning strike. And I was like, oh, my first thought was we're going to have a thunderstorm. But then my next thought was, well, we're in California. It doesn't rain in California. So then it came into the building. I didn't know that it struck Rick at first. I just saw Rick pull his hands up, and then all of a sudden he put his hands on his uh, legs, and he just started, to, he closed his eyes, and he was just breathing. So, But I was kind of noticing something was odd. Then I noticed the track lighting in the room. It was from the 80s, and it one just started flashing. And then um, the, the woman that was helping Alberto train us, she was like, Alberto, Alberto, get over here. And then... Alberto came and saw what had happened to Rick, or he knew that the spirit of lightning had come into the building, and then so he knew it went to Rick. And he's like, Rick, you have to stand up. If you don't stand up and start moving, that energy can just stay lodged in your joints and you can become paralyzed. So Rick was not cohesive. He was not talking to anybody for a while. In the meantime, this track lighting is now, another light is flashing. And I really wish we had iPhones back then. But in the year 2000, it was flip phones. And it wasn't like I was running to get my flip phone at that point. But all of a sudden, in a, but within three minutes, all of the track lighting, it was like strobe lighting. It was like a party happening. And eventually, you were able to stand up. And Alberto said, you know, do your basic Taekwondo form. So that's what Rick did. I didn't know what had happened. All I remember is pulling my hands back and the next thing I remember hearing is Alberto saying, Rick, you have to stand up. You got to move. You got to get that energy out of you. So I started to do, you know, some of my basic forms from Taekwondo and I could just feel these waves of energy come rushing off of me, rolling off of me every time I moved. And I did that for a little while and Alberto said, go outside and just ground the energy. See if you can ground it. And so I was outside for a while and I came back in and he, he asked, he said, do you know what happened? I said, no, I have no idea. He's like, well, he said, we're going to talk about this in the morning. For now, just try and go and get some sleep and we'll... So yeah, we were trying to sleep and he was so full of energy. <laughs> and um, I was five months pregnant, at, no, seven months pregnant at that time. And so I was like, this energy is making me nauseous. You know, so I turned away from him. And then eventually I was like, you got to get out of this bed. Just, I need some sleep here. I'm seven months pregnant and we have classes tomorrow. So he gets up and he starts making this fire. And yes, it's February in California. So it was nice thought. He's like, make the room warm. And all of a sudden there was this huge 
blaring fire, like three feet in diameter. It was like, I'm like, oh my God, now I'm sweating. Now get the heck out of here. So I get kicked out of our little cabin. Mm -hmm. Go outside. Point. So I, he's, she told me to go outside. So I went outside and um, it was uh, just an amazing experience because I could, it felt like I could see and sense everything that was around me. The animals, the birds, the trees, um, you know, the, the rocks and just, I could feel that. And I stood out there for a while, I have no idea how long. And then I didn't get much sleep that night, that night. So, you know. Neither did I. No, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> And so the next day we met with Alberto and he explained that what had happened was the spirit of lightning hit me. It said it wanted you. And from the shamanic cosmology that we work in, that's one of the three traditional signs to um, be called to be a shaman, is to be struck by lightning and you know to survive. And he told us that when in his travels down in Peru and Chile and the Amazon, he said if he's walking with a group of shamans and one of them, one of the people who are not shamans is hit by lightning, the other shamans will immediately take him on as an apprentice because it is a sign that they've been, they've been mm -hmm. picked. Um, the two other signs are to, you know, heal yourself from some type of a terminal illness or deathly illness or to have your life suddenly changed in a dramatic way. And we joke about it that we've had two out of the three and I'm not waiting for the third, so. But evidently I you know, didn't quite get the, the message because two days later the same thing happened again. Mm -hmm. And so since that time, my ability to see and sense energies has just increased exponentially. I, I, and it also changed me physically. There are things I was allergic to that I'm not allergic to anymore. There's things that I'm allergic to now that I wasn't before. Uh, I can't drink alcohol, which Beth really enjoys because she has a designated driver. And that kind of, for me, really solidified the aspect of, you know, we're here for a reason. We are here to work with people, to help people. Mm -hmm. The accident happened to put us in a position to be able to help other people. And I began to really jump into the shamanic training to really understand it and to begin to use it from a healing standpoint. And not only that, and the more of these classes that we took, the more we understood spirituality mm -hmm. and the connection with our kids. Correct. And so that's who we are that's part of who we are is that we're here to help we're here to work with people we're here to bring hope and enlightenment and understanding we were supposed to the accident reconstructionist said we all should have died mm. in that car crash so with rick and i surviving and literally i had one scratch on me on my leg it puts another thought into your brain mm -hmm. of why are we here and so that took years to figure out. You pretty much right away knew that you were like, I'm going to be a shaman. I'm going to heal others. And that was pretty much from, you know, uh, probably six months into this, mm -hmm. nine months into it. And I'm like, okay, well, then heal me first, right? But, um, but we really have taken that surviving that car crash and helping others. And that's what we do. We do it on a daily basis.